You're listening to a sermon from Free City Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We exist to extend the glory of God by making disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, you may be seated. I'm going to take a little bit more of your time. Did I keep it short this morning? Okay. For you timer people, I know some of y'all. Y'all are frustrated every week with us, huh? (laughs) But you're still here. It's amazing. It's amazing. You love Jesus, and you want your pastors to love him in a shorter way and know that his his love is for us. (laughs) Um, Hey, I I want to loop you guys in. Uh, last week, Casey mentioned we've got some kind of year-end things, and, and then even as we think uh, year-end, uh, just big-picture things. Um, and, and so if you've been around Free City for a while, uh, then you've heard it. We're a part of a, a church planting network called Acts 29, and Acts 29, really the vision of the, of the network is that we would be um, churches planting churches. So that means this. So some of you don't realize this. Every church you've ever been to in your entire life has a birth date. Think about that. A lot of them have forgot it, but it's true. And uh, so I, I want to just loop you into how, what we think. Um, we, we planted Free City uh, in 2014. And, uh, and we, it was really, in 2014, it was uh, Casey and Kinsey Maddox and Sky, my wife, and myself, and uh, our kids, I think minus two, one on each side. And uh, we, we parachute planted into Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, we didn't know a soul. We came really with the desire to see the lost come to know Jesus and uh, to see churches planted in the future, to see the saints built up. But when, while we knew we wanted to see churches planted, we didn't really come with any specific destination uh, on our minds when we think about church planting. But there was kind of this season, and so just a little bit of my story. In 2015, it was summer of 2015. (laughs) One one, one weekend, uh, my wife and I took our daughter, Blythe, to Topeka, Kansas. It's a long way, right? But uh, we had lived in, in, in Lawrence long enough that uh, we knew what everyone in this room, sans the few that are from Topeka, think about Topeka. It's kind of this backward, dirty, gross town, right? I'm sure you got other words. You could fill in the gaps. Um, but we knew what uh, Topeka was according to Lawrenceans. And uh, we, went, we went for kind of a weekend, and, and we went to the zoo. We drove around town. Um, and here's the thing about uh, Topeka. We, we realized... It's not nearly as shiny as, as Lawrence, um, but there was something about the place that was kind of interesting. You know, all we had heard was negative things, so I think it could only get better, right, uh, what we would hear. And also, my wife and I are from small western Oklahoma town, so we're pretty easily impressed when it comes to places. <laughs> but what we kind of thought is, you know, you look around in Topeka, and there's tons of, there has to be tons of jobs, because there's big industry, there's the Capitol building, um, there's all kinds of things going on. Uh, maybe not in the hip ways, but things going on. And, and there was just this consideration of like, man, what, what work, what gospel ministry work is going on here? There was just kind of the thought. You know, you see the capital and you think, man, of course, Topeka influences through the power of government. But there was kind of just this thought, like, what if it influenced, does it influence through the power of the gospel? 
Topeka is the capital city. It's not going anywhere. But some of these questions stirred. Uh, and in many ways, these are really, these were the same questions and are the same questions that we ask and apply to Lawrence, Kansas. Because here's the thing. If you're a church planner, any town you ever go to, sometimes you convince yourselves that uh, churches need to be planted in mountainous towns where there's no people. But then you realize, I just want to be in the mountains. But when you go to other places, you look around at cities, and, and if you've planted a church before, if you have a heart to, for missions, I know many of you, I, I hear you talk about this, where you go places, you get to a place and you just look around and you're surveying, what's going on? What is happening here? And, and, you, and if you think about church planting, um, then you, you probably go into every city and you think, I know there needs to be more gospel-centered churches here. So you can hold that thought, and you can stand on that thought. So it was like summer of 2015, and then July 22nd of 15, I only know this because it was in my calendar, I grabbed lunch with a, a guy here in town who, um, his father-in-law had planted a church here in town, he's a great sister church to us, and uh, he wanted to just sit down and talk about church planting. How did we get to Lawrence? What was going on in Lawrence? Um, how, do we, how do we think about it? You know, how, why church planting? All those types of things. He was really wrestling, is ministry a thing for me? And uh, we had just spent the weekend, or a little bit of time in Topeka. And so as we sat down for lunch, I'm talking with him. And uh, I know, his name's Ryan. I know Ryan's looking for where to go. And I'm thinking, dude, your family's close. You guys planted a church here. Surely you guys could send people to Topeka. Have you ever been there? And we kind of start talking about Topeka. And we talk about it throughout lunch. And we get to the end of lunch. And uh, I'm like, man, what do you think about that? And he says, eh, I'm not real interested in that. But it sounds like you should do it. And there was this kind of, kind of thing in my heart that thought, yeah, something needs to be happening there. But I don't think I can engage this because we just planted a church and I can't go anywhere. And I really landed in Lawrence thinking my life is going to be stayed here. But as those words kind of settled in, talked to Sky about it when I got home, talked to Casey about it later that week. And uh, just kind of this loose prayer, Lord, would you do something in Topeka? I don't know what you'll do. That fall, we started seeing some people from Topeka show up at Free City Church. And the Lord was bringing people from Topeka to Free City, and we're kind of like, what's going on? As people would show up, we'd ask, like, hey, what's drawing you here? We had never reached out to anyone. And, and there was really this resounding kind of story that we would hear from people, that they were feeling this disconnect from their faith and really flourishing in who Jesus has made them, kind of this life of community and being empowered in the missional component to their faith and really settling into the local church. It just kind of felt a little bit of a, a disconnect, perhaps. Well, as, as pastors here, we were kind of like, ah, we don't really want you commuting. So we were pretty reluctant to encourage people to, to just keep joining us. So <laughs> what do you do when you're like, man, you're commuting from somewhere, and we don't know where we're going to plant churches? Maybe we'll plant a church in Topeka someday, right? That's how that comes up. And, uh, and what kind of just started there of like one of those fumble things out of our mouths, um, over the years we've seen a city group be established there where they reach the neighborhood, they love people, and they've been going for years. And we've seen people come through and be connected to us. Seasons have come and gone, but that interest in Topeka has kind of nagged at my heart and Sky's heart. And about a year ago, I was sitting like right over here. I wasn't doing anything one Sunday morning. I was just attending, which is wonderful. <laughs> I 
But I was just here worshiping, and, and what kind of ties some stuff up is like, I had just had hand surgery on my hand, on my left hand, I'm left-handed, and I play guitar. And so if you think about this, this is how I hold a guitar, it's a bad combo. I thought that, that surgery was gonna really pass really quickly. Two weeks, cool, Christmas break, preach a couple times, and then I'll be right back at it. And we were like a month into it, and I was really fighting the Lord of like, man, did I have stupid surgery for no reason? Uh, and I'm ne- am I never going to play guitar again? <laughs> and it was just this wrestling going on in me. And, and there was, in the back of my mind, this, it was really more the forefront of my mind at this point, where Topeka was, was kind of just a thought that we, and a prayer that we were talking about over and over. And, and I was really in this throes of like, the hand thing, that's just a side note. But also this, this wrestle of, man, I don't, I don't want to leave Lawrence. I don't want to leave Free City. I don't know what that looks like. I don't... There's a lot of fear. And as I was wrestling, I remember coming down and taking communion. I walked out, and I was walking right out back that way. And as I came around, Brother Paul Taylor walked up to me. And I hadn't talked with him about any of this. And, and he just stopped me. And, uh, and I don't remember exactly what he said. But I had been praying that morning. And he said something like, the way I heard it, essentially, was something like, when are you finally going to give in to the, what the Lord's calling you to do? And it was kind of that wrestle, and I was like, hey, can we grab coffee later this week and talk about maybe what's going on in my life? And then I found myself reading, you know, just in the Bible reading plan, in Isaiah 30. And in Isaiah 30, you, you really have this story and this depiction of um, people of Israel building up idols, things they really valued, things of gold and silver and all this different things. And, and there's really this picture coming up on them of the judgment of God. But then it turns in verse 18 and it says, but God, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. And thereby, therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you for the Lord is a God of justice and blessed are all who wait for him. For people shall dwell in Zion and Jerusalem and you shall weep no more. And he shall surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, you know, we read our, our hardships into the text. That's my hand. There's bigger things, right? But it was significant to me. He said, your teacher will not hide himself from you anymore, but your eyes shall see your teacher, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or turn to the left, hear the voice of the teacher, and then you will defile your carved idols your silver and gold-plated metal images, you'll scatter them as unclean things. You'll say, be gone, because you hear the voice of the teacher and your eyes are fixed on him. And knowing that and kind of the things I was in and kind of the wrestle of the season and knowing the great commission, right? The, all authority has been given to me and on heaven and earth. Go and make disciples. And even resting in Paul's words in Romans 15, when he's talking about church planting and he's saying, you know, I, my ambition is to go preach the gospel where Christ has not already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But I want to see those who have never been told of him so that they would see. And those who have never heard that they would understand, that they would hear the voice of the teacher. And it kind of began to become these like movements around as we talked as elder team and talked as staff, really this moving to say, I guess we're going to listen to the voice of the teacher and feeling like the Lord has led us to what began about kind of seven years ago as this haunting 
low-level kind of kindling that leads us to today. And here's the reality. Why I say all these things, if you haven't caught. We're going to plant a church in Topeka, Kansas in 2023. Amen. A church that, that will be a sister of Free City and will be sent out by Free City and will, just like Free City, exist to proclaim all of Christ and all of life to all the world. And our hope is that we wouldn't just land there, right? Like we could sit here as people and we could applaud and we could say, great, cool, we're gonna plant a church in Topeka. But here's the reality. We planted to Lawrence almost some nine years ago. And we've sat here and we've looked around. And so now when we look at the state of Kansas, we know that like we wanna land in Topeka and then we wanna look 60 miles down the road to Manhattan and 200 miles down the road to Hayes. And we want to see more churches multiply. So this is not the end of the road. This is the beginning of that. We want to see more churches planted. So here's kind of where it goes from today. In spring, late spring, my wife and I will be moving to Topeka. We bought a house. We're not selling our house yet. we got a lot of work to do, so we'll uh, enlist you for some demo and uh, rehab, I guess. <laughs> But what we're going to do is just join the faithful crew that's already been laying foundations there for years. And further, uh, we're going to go with teammates. Troy and Paige Weininger, I want, you need to catch them and hear some of their story, but I'm not going to blow it for them. They've wrestled and the Lord kind of moving in their life to uproot and break up some things in their life. They're going to go with us and be teammates and pastor alongside us. And then in the spring, we'll transition to Topeka, but we got to get a lot of things settled here. And so here's what this does for you. You're a great commission people. So when you think about church planting, your question is not, do I have a part in church planting? Your question is, what is my part in church planting? Right? So how we want you to think about this is there's two things, two potential ways that this moves and lands with you. For some of you, you might know it in this right in this moment, or you might know it in a few months you might go with us. You might move to Topeka, Kansas and go and proclaim all of Christ and all of life to all the streets of Topeka. <laughs> That's a few of you maybe. For most of you, God is just calling you to continue being faithful right here where you are. That you would, in the authority of Jesus, continue to go into your workplace, go into your classroom, go into wherever you find yourself and proclaim the goodness of Jesus. And you would, there's going to be things shift around. So this will pull you into more leadership and more serving. That You would be a part of this church. And you would pray that we would go and that we would see more churches planted beyond there. But as we transition this summer, we'll settle down and we're looking to get kind of city groups rolling. We'll probably call them community groups because it won't be free city church. But we'll start there and then look to launch kind of early fall. And so here's the thing. We're going to ask you and nag at you to pray and give and go. And we're going to ask and nag at you at Free City to pray and give and stay. So we've got all these different things. But here, here's what I want you to think of. Like so often when I think about Free City, I think about the church in Philadelphia in Romans 3, Revelation 3. <laughs> Jesus speaks of them. And, and it's really like the only commendation he really gives, right, if you're familiar with it. He says this, I know your works. Behold, I've set before you an open door 
that no one is able to shut. And I know that you have but little power. Isn't that like us, Free City? Not huge in attendance, not huge in resources, not the deepest pockets of all. Yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. And we've seen this over and over as you guys like give sacrificially to places in Fethiye, Turkey, and here, and we serve, a, we serve a school here, and you serve your community here, and you love your neighbors. And we want to see that continue. So in the coming months, here's how this lays up. When you see me, or you see Casey, or you see Gary, or you see Troy, or even our wives, there's going to be moments where we're super discouraged. We know that. We've got a real war that's waging, and the enemy hates church planting. Absolutely hates it. So when you see us, even if we don't look down in the dumps, I want you to walk up and put your arm around us, pull us close, and remind us of what we just preached today. Romans 8, 31 through 39, that you would say, hey, hey, what are we gonna say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't spare his own son. He gave him up for us, for the church, here and there. Jesus took all our condemnation, and now Jesus intercedes for us, and nothing, not death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else, not the distance from Topeka to Lawrence, not the distance from Lawrence to Fethiye, Turkey, or anywhere else that God may lead us can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? So we want you to join us in praying. And, uh, and stir courage in our bones. That's all you've done for the last nine years. So just keep doing it, right? We love you guys.